So guys, what have we been preaching out about for the guys that's in the congregation with us on a weekly basis? What have we been preaching on? The book of James, right. So we're still trying to get through chapter 1. So uh, if you'd like to turn with me to James chapter 1, verse 21. Uh, NIV. Right, James chapter 1. And the title of my sermon tonight is called Mirror, Mirror on the Wall. Who's the fairest of them all? Who's watched that? Who's not watched that? So who loves their mirror? Who loves a mirror? Eh? Who doesn't like a mirror? Come on, you all like a mirror. Don't be all like I'm so humble I don't look at myself for half an hour in the middle, in the morning while I get ready for work or school or anything else. Oh, Philip said Pluya. Oh, I was buyer. It's coming. I'm not I'm I'm a couple of years behind you, Philip. Quite quite a couple, but I'm getting there. So um James chapter one, verse twenty one, it says the following. But let's reread from verse 19. It says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting that they have what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. And then we'll carry on next week with the next section. So if you guys know the Beatles, all right, the Beatles, rock band, okay? Well, they were, I don't know what kind of band they were. Rock band, like, you know? You guys know the squeegees? Yeah, the BGs when they're cleaning, the squeegees, all right? But, the, but I want to talk about the Beatles. Who of you guys know Paul McCartney? Right? All right? So you guys know that he's got quite a pretty big ego. And you know that he's never ever met a mirror that he's never liked. Have any of you guys met a mirror that you haven't liked? Any of you? When you start realizing there's more around the, the waistline. In Afrikaans is my borskas at ankas geworden. Right? So we, most of us, Hopefully all of us look in the mirror in the morning. And you know what? We as people are exactly the same. We stand in the, room, in the mirror and review our own lives. I wanted to bring a box with this, more, this evening with a mirror in it. And I wanted you to actually come and take a peek in the box and see what was looking back at yourself. 
And sometimes when in the morning, when, oh, sorry. when you wake up in the morning and you look in the mirror, what do you do? You look really intently. Hey? Do you really look intently? Who wears contact lenses here? All right? Some of you guys do. Okay? So I want everyone to take your finger and I want you to stick it in your eye. Like this. Hey? Who doesn't like that? Because I can go and I can take up my contact lens just by using two fingers. Because I've gotten used to it. But when we get ready in the morning, when we look in that mirror, what we do is, is we adjust ourselves. Like we, we like wake up and like you check and suddenly your collar's all up and your, your shirt's not buttoned properly. And you, you suddenly, you know, like look like, oh my goodness, there's a pimple there. Okay, hold on. You know, and then, and then you squeeze it all out and it's all like all over the, the mirror and, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, or you see something sticking out of your nose and the more you dig, the more comes out of it, you know. Come on, guys. <laughs> but when we look at ourselves in the mirror, we try and we fix ourselves or we try and do things so that we can look better. Most Women, they wear makeup, right? I don't call it makeup. It's called war paint, all right? They get ready for war. They get out and to go and to, to conquer the world, conquer their husbands, conquer their, their kids, because it is a challenge to be a mom. To be married is a challenge. To be single is a challenge because the world is not an easy place to live. And you know, for us as Christians, as Josh Jenner's, whenever someone new, like tonight, that couple that's come in with us, tonight for the first time, you get guys that walk in and they ask you, what, what, what is your values? What do you guys believe? What do you guys, what do you stand for, you know? And do we as Christians and Josh Jenner's, if I can call us that, do we actually reflect those values to people when they walk into the door? Do we actually come and we show them who we are, what we believe? And who knows Josh Jen values? <laughs> it's a very nervous, uh, I think I know, but I don't really know. Which, which is, what is our favorite scripture that we use in Josh Jen? Acts 2.42. What does it say? Hey. They devoted themselves to the what? The apostles teaching to what? To fellowship. Fellows, two fellows in a ship. To fellowship, then to breaking of bread and to prayer. And so those are the values that we hold on to as Christians. As this congregation in Amanus, every other Josh Jane congregation of the 40-odd that we are part of now, we all hold on to this because we need to reflect it to the people around us. Papers are sticking together. Why then do we find it so easy to adjust our own clothes and our own hair and our makeup when we look in the mirror? And why do we find it so difficult to adjust our hearts? Because it's easier to adjust the outside than to actually adjust the inside. Because we need mirrors in our lives because we can't see every, every area of our lives. 
There's one thing that I would like moms to answer for me. I've never been able to figure this out. How do you know, as a mom, when your kids are being naughty? Because I think it's moms must have eyes in the back of their heads. I'm convinced. It has to be. Because when I was growing up, I would be doing something. My mom would be, Yaku, what are you doing? Yaku, don't touch that. I'm like, how did you know I was touching that? <laughs> hey? Because God has just given mom things to be able to see. And you know what? That's why God puts us in families. That's why God adds us to church. Because John Dre can't see everything. He's not able to see what is happening behind him. But he needs friends to be able to be a mirror for him so that he can see the areas in his life where he's falling short. Am I right? You guys with me? And the Word of God is our mirror. And the Holy Spirit enables us to see who we really are. How many, how many of you sitting here tonight has, has read the Bible from beginning to end? Completely. Officially. Okay. Who's read it more than once? Okay. Who's read it 10 times? Hands up. Okay. Richard, you just clever, Brit. <laughs> All right. Every time you read the Bible, it reveals something different, right? It is the only book in the world, in all of existence, that whenever you read it, if you read one scripture now, and you one, one, one verse now, and you read another verse tomorrow, it's going to be something completely different. It will come and it will hit you in a different space. It will come and it will challenge you in a different area. But today the world doesn't like reading. Who likes reading? Some. I, I, I'm not a big reader, I must say. I don't particularly love reading. But I've started working at it to start reading. Because I love history. So I love reading about South African history. I like reading biblical history and those kind of things. Because I'm, I'm expanding my knowledge. Who likes, who likes watching videos? All right. Would anybody just like the Bible to be a video? Who likes audio? Who listens to the audio Bible? All right, there's a couple of guys. Because for us as a, in, in the world today, everything's become, I will take it if I like it. If I don't like it, then I'll throw it away. But there is a challenge, is where we've got to learn to take the word of God and we've got to learn to apply it in our own lives. So James 1.21 says, James writes and tells us to get rid of moral filth around us, the things that so quickly enslave us. What do you guys think is things that enslave us? What would enslave you? What, is, what does it mean to be a slave? To be enslaved to something means if something controls you. And what is the biggest thing that controls people today? Cell phones. There we go. Who goes on Facebook at least Let's be 30 times a day. Hands up. Right? Who's on WhatsApp more than 100 times a day? Okay? 
Who takes longer than 10 seconds to respond to a WhatsApp? Uh, there's a couple of you. But what's happened is some things have enslaved us. And out of that space, when things become more important than you, you don't allow the word of God to become alive in you. You don't allow the word of God because we get distracted so easily, so quickly. There's many men that I've heard stories of, of where they've actually never read anything else but the Bible. In the early 1900s, they didn't have books like us. They didn't have social media. They didn't have those things. They had to read the Bible. And you know what? The Bible became life to them. Because that was what brought life. These four things that we need to work on in our lives. First thing. Everyone, fingers like this. Open your mouth. Uh, grab your tongue. Wives, grab your husband's tongue. Because this is one of the most dangerous weapons ever created. Do you know that? Because it can kill people. It can hurt people. It can break people. And we need to learn to listen more, and we need to learn to speak less. We need to learn to cultivate a calm spirit. I mean, so how do we respond to correction in our lives? Warren, come stand by me. So if I go to Warren and I'm like, Warren, Rue, you've got lots of snollies in your nose. And Warren, I'd like you to please deal with the snollies in your nose because it's really distracting. There's two ways that, that Warren can respond. Warren can go and say, okay, you know what? Let me go look in the mirror and see if I can remove those and get rid of them so that they're not a distraction. Or Warren can be like, oh, what do you know, man? Yes, like it, man. I just, how, how, how can he speak to me? And he gets offended with me. And he can walk away. Or I can do it for him. That would be traumatizing. Because it's how we respond to things. Because sometimes we react. When you have a heated argument and a fight, especially young couples when they're young, newlyweds, newly married, boyfriends and girlfriends, Older couples don't fight anymore. Philip and Anna Lord, they don't fight anymore. It's, they, they're over that point. <laughs> but what happens is, young couples, when you, when you just get married and you start living in the same home, you guys will know, you argue, you fight. And, and one person just says something and then you react. You fire back. Because they're like, mm, I'm going to win this fight. Demetri and Karen, they never fight. And what we do is, is when we actually fire back at one another, what we do is, is we make it worse. And when we make it worse, we actually hurt that person even more. And this thing just starts escalating. And years and years and years ago, when I was living with my mom and dad, 
I grew up in a house where I never, ever saw my mom and dad fight. Not once. Not once. Because they never fought in front of our kids. They went, my dad, my dad made lots of tea. That I do know. Lots and lots and lots and lots of tea. And then he would say, Bookie, do you want some tea? And my mom would just glare at him. And then they would disappear. And we'd see them about two hours later, all loving one another because they've dealt with it over a cup of tea. Because my dad, I must tell you guys, my dad is like the calmest guy on the planet. Unless, uh, only when he works, he's not calm. But with my mom, I've never seen a guy that treats his wife like my dad treats my mom. And that's the example that I want to follow with my wife. And we need to cultivate that calm spirit inside of us where we learn to listen, where we learn to take advice and respond in the correct way. We need to learn to live with a clean life. And as James says that we need to get rid of all the filth. You know that the root word for filth comes from the Greek word meaning earwax. An interesting word. The root word is earwax. Anyone got wax in their ears? I remember when our kids were growing up, I've learned, I, I used to teach my kids that hidings were still happening then. So what we used to do is, is when, you, when you smack the backside, it creates pressure. And as it creates pressure, the ears pop open and they can hear. I had more hidings than food when I was growing up. And people don't believe it. My parents tied me to a tree with a rope for real. Okay? Because I was a terrible child. I was, one of those I was one of those kids in the class when the teacher, the teachers always wanted me to be their child. Because they would say, they, I'd be in the class and they'd look at me and say, if you were just my child. Because I was that naughty. I was really, really naughty. But what God wants to do in us is he wants us to start working at removing the earwax in our own lives so that we can actually hear him when he speaks to us. Last week I was talking about it, that, that God sometimes has to take us back to where he, where he spoke to us in the beginning because we haven't listened to what he said to us. And so we need to use God's word to wash out our ears. In Mark chapter 4, verse 10 to 20, I want you to find it. I didn't give Kimon my scripture, so... Mark chapter 4, verse 10. When he was alone with the twelve and the others around him, asked him about the parables, because Jesus always told stories, right? Who loves listening to stories? We all do, because we learn from stories, right? So go to 11. He told them the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those on the outside, everything is said in parables. So when you become a Christian, what happens is the word of God becomes revealed to you. When you become a Christian, you start realizing that Jesus is the Christ, right? You guys all here with me? You agree? So what happens is people outside that do not know God, for them, church is just weird. 
They're like, why do you guys go and you sing songs? Why do you guys all sit in the building listening to some weirdo telling you crazy stories about earwax and snotty noses? But once you come into the kingdom and the reality hits you of who Jesus actually is and what he has done for us, it's revealed. But then it says, it says, they may be ever seeing but never perceiving and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Go back. Ever seeing but never perceiving. You can look at things and it never ever makes sense. You can read the scriptures. You can go and you can read a scripture and you can read it a hundred times and not understand why it's saying what it's saying. But when you go and you sit with someone and you ask them and say, can you explain this to me? A person can sit next to you and explain it to you and it makes a world of sense. Because God wants us to take this word of God and it needs to be some, something that we look at all the time. Where we open up our lives. And people are like, say, like seed. Some fell along the path and they got stolen. Where the enemy came in and, and he took the word that was actually, it was there and it, it looked all wonderful and they were like, yeah, great. And the enemy came in and he just stole it away. Then you get people that with, with the ground where it was hard soil. And what happened was they sprung up quickly. It was like, Yes, I love Jesus. I want to be a Christian. I'm coming to church. I'm getting here. I'm here. And then three, four weeks down the road, they're gone. Because they never truly came to salvation. Third, thorns. The word of God gets choked up by the worries of the world and everything around us. Look, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I was speaking about warriors. Who's a warrior? Not a warrior fighter warrior, but a warrior warrior. Because I worry about everything. Because I worry because I don't worry. And I worry because I worry because I worry. And we get people like that, that worry constantly about what's happening around them. But the thing is, is if we start reading the word of God, the Bible tells us that you will have trouble. You know that? It says in this world, you will have trouble. So when you have trouble, you know you're normal. If you don't have trouble at all, ever, if you're not challenged ever, if things are never difficult, you're not normal. Because if you go and you try and join the perfect church, the church isn't perfect anymore because you've joined it. Because there is no perfect church. There is no one sitting here that is completely perfect. Is there? Anyone? You want to put up your hand? No, we're not perfect. Not one of us is perfect. Because we are broken people. But when we start falling in love with the word of God, when we start using the word of God as a mirror for ourselves, then that seed will fall in good soil. And when it falls in good soil, it will take root and it will start growing. And when it starts growing... You reap a harvest of 50 or 100 fold of that which has been sown. 
Tonight, it's, it's really incredible to see the amount of people sitting here. Two years ago, and we're almost two years, eh? By the 1st of September, I think, will be two years. Eh? October, 1st of October, we started our first, our first service. When we started, we were five people, ten people. And look what God's added to us. And we're trusting that God is going to add more and more and more people to us. As he comes and he brings and he gives us a harvest for what has been sown. And then what we need to do is, is we need to actually submit ourselves to the word of God. I think that's the hardest thing to do, is to submit. What does submission mean? Who can tell me? What does it mean to submit? Matt? Hey? Giving up. That's not submitting. No, it's not. Surrender. That's surrender. It's when you get to a point of where you say, Lord, I can no longer do this on my own. I cannot try and live the Christian life on my own, but I want to live for you. I want to be your son. I want to be your daughter. And Lord, I cannot overcome this, this thing in my life. You know that when something keeps you captive, it's when you try and hide it. Who's ever tried to hide something that you've done wrong? And then you hide it and what happens? It gets worse, right? Because it just grows. And there's a lot of people, there's some people in our congregation that know very carefully, very, 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 very much that you can't hide anything. Because God speaks. And you know what? It's always best to come out and, just, and to actually admit what you've done. Through repentance, coming out and saying, guys, I'm, I'm in a wrong place. I've sinned. I want to fix my heart. Then what you get caught out. Because when you get caught out, then it's a different ballgame. But when you come into repentance and your heart becomes a heart of repentance, then God can use you. God can shift you. God can move you. And he can take a bad situation or something that you're struggling with and he can give you freedom. Because the word of God needs to be that mirror. You guys still with me? Men, I want to know, is there any man here tonight that follows instructions when they assemble something? Anyone? Because most men, especially men, do not read the instructions when they put something together. And... Most men don't ask for direction. Who's driven and got lost before? Yeah. We've got lost, but now we've got GPS. You know, years ago, and it's actually not that long ago. Oh, yeah, it's like 20 years ago. We used to use a book, a map book, and then you had to go and check where you are, find the street. Oh, okay, there I am. Okay, cool. This is where I need to go. Who used map books? Right? We all did. Most of us. The new kids don't know what a map book is. The young kids. Hey? Fat car. 
Het was een boek. Jy het die padkaart gekoop, jy het die padboek gekoop vir Kaapstad, dan kan jy naar elke area toe gaan en gaan vind waar jy moet wees. Ja? Ja? En dan kom jy, dan, then, then you get to a petrol station and they have a map. You are here. And then you're like, that's not where I'm supposed to be. Because we've, we've got there. And when we don't ask for directions and we don't read the instructions, we stuff it up. Many times, I've put tables together. And then I put the whole table together and I realize there's about four screws that were supposed to be in the table. And the table's not so exactly straight. Then I've got to redo it. Then I take the instructions and I redo it. And then the table works. Because you see, God has given us instructions. Which is in here. The manual for life. There's not one life question that cannot be answered what's in here. Everything that you've ever wanted is in here. Everything you want to understand. How to be... A good boyfriend. So, the word of God gives us instructions to everything. So if you want to be a good husband, read the word. If you want to be a good wife, read the word. If you want to be a really good businessman, read the Bible. If you want to be a great dad, read the Bible. If you want to be a good friend, I can't hear you. Yes, everything that we have to do is in there. Because it's the manual for life. And we need to look intently at what the Bible says. Don't just read and skim over it. Because if we don't do it, we always return to our default setting. And what is that setting? It's a sinful setting. It's a setting of where God is not everything for us. We pull away from it. And we go and we sin again because our lives are not there where God wants us to be. And one of the hardest things for us to do is to keep a rein on the... Because we're quick to speak. We're quick to hurt others. We're quick to say things. But well, we need to learn to keep that. And we need to learn to guard our tongue. We need to learn to give to others. Because that's one of our values. And then, because right at the end of that verse, just after what I've read and what I started with, it says that James says, that true, true religion is looking after orphans and widows. You know that? And what does that mean? It means giving, having an open heart. That's what Philip was speaking about. When we love people, we give. We give to one another. And it's not necessarily always money, but it's spending time with them. Going, taking them somewhere, spending time, being in their space, because we love them. And years ago, there was a song written, and it was called Mirror, Mirror. And one of the verses says this. You're searching for Jesus, 
looking to find hope for tomorrow and some peace of mind. Well, you can find it in the Bible and many churches I know, but till you find him in the mirror, you've got a long way to go. So mirror, mirror on the wall, I know who is Lord of all. Just let me see him every day. For me, that is the only way. It's an interesting little verse of a song. It says, mirror, mirror on the wall. I know who is Lord of all. Just let me see him every day. For me, that is the only way. And we've got to find him in the mirror. In the morning, when you get up in the mirror and you look at yourself, do you see Jesus reflecting out of you? If you had to look at yourself in that mirror, would you be able to say, if I look at that guy in the mirror, I'd be able to follow him. I'd be able to give my life to follow him. I'd be willing to serve. I'd be willing to die because I can follow him. Because Jesus is alive in me. And Jesus is alive in you. And so tonight, I want you to look at your mirror. I want you to close your eyes. And if you're in that place tonight and Jesus is not the one you see when you look in the mirror, He's not reflecting back at you. You need to make right and say, Lord, if I look in the mirror, I don't see you. I don't see in the way that I respond. I don't see you in the way that I treat others. I don't see you in how I treat my husband. I don't see you in the way that I treat my wife. I don't even see you in the way that I treat my kids. Lord, I'm not doing what I need to do in my business the way that you want me to do it. Or in my job, I haven't been honest. I haven't lived the life according to what you've called me to live. But Lord, tonight, I want to come and I want to repent before you, Lord, because I want to live in freedom. I want to live by your Holy Spirit. And I want to be free. And so in that place, if you're in that place tonight and, and you need prayer and there's something in your life you're struggling with, no matter what it is, and you just can't seem to, to get over it because it's, it's hard, because you're struggling with, could be unrepentant sin, it could be secret sin, it could be the way that you struggle to speak to people, it could be the way that you respond. And you need prayer for that tonight. We want to pray for you. That the Lord would be able to come and set you free. Because the Bible says, confess your sins one to another and you will be free. Because when it's in the light, the enemy has no foothold. So I want to ask tonight if there's anyone here who's in that place. I want to invite you to come so we can pray for you. Shanae, can you come play for me? If you're there, and guys, tonight, if you're in a place where you're struggling with something, it's not to highlight you to everyone and be like, <gasps> what have you done? It's not that. We as a church loves you. We love you no matter what you do. 
No matter where you've been. No matter what you've got up to. Because it doesn't change how we see you. It doesn't change how God sees you. And if you've wandered from him and you've been like, Lord, I, I've, I've served you, I've, I've been there, but I got hurt in church. I looked at Christians and they were hypocrites because they lived one way here and one way there. And you got hurt by those people because you looked at people, you didn't look at God. Because the church is not perfect. But the one that is in the word, that's in that mirror, that's Jesus. And he's the only perfect one. And so tonight, I want to pray for you if you're in that place. Where he's saying, Lord Jesus, I need to bring my life back to you. Or you've never made a commitment to Jesus. And you're like sitting here tonight thinking, this is very different. I want to open up the floor for you and say, come. Come become part of family. Come become part of who God is, what God wants to do in us, and what is he doing through us. Because when we live in the light, he is in the light. And there's that song of DC Talk that says, I want to be in the light like, like he is in the light. I want to shine like the stars in the heavens. And Lord, I want you tonight to shine through me. Because I want to be called your son. And so if you're there tonight, I, I want you to raise your hand so I can see who you are. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for those responses. Thank you, Lord. I want to ask the guys to, to put up their hands. I know it might be hard for you, but I want you to come to the front. And I want you to come stand here in the front. And, and we as a church, we're going to pray for you. Because we're family. And if you're there, come. Come stand here in the front with me. the rest of us to stand and I want you guys to come and stand around these guys because it's not we as leaders that do the praying because we're the body of all believers I want to put you I want you guys to put your hands on these oaks And on these ladies. And I'm going to pray a general prayer. And then I'm going to ask you guys, the guys standing behind them, to come to the front of them. And I want you to pray for them, to carry on praying. And for the guys standing here for prayer tonight, if you've got something you can face in your heart tonight, where you said, Lord, I need to come clean. 
Be brave. Be brave. Because when it comes into the light, He comes and He brings freedom. He brings release because He is King. And so, Father, tonight I pray for these guys standing in front of us. Father, as we as a church stand around them, Father, we want to pray tonight, Lord, that you would come and that you would bring freedom. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would come and that you would bring restoration. Father, I pray that tonight that you would bring, Lord, an understanding of salvation. Lord, that Father, as these guys are here and the girls are here tonight, Lord, that Father, as they bring things into the light, that they will no longer be in the darkness. Father, as they look at you and they reflect, Lord, and look in the mirror and they see Jesus, Father, I pray that tonight, Lord, that you would come and that you would move by might and by power. Lord, that your Spirit would come and, Lord, that you would set free Lord, who needs to be set free? Father, that you would restore those that need to be restored. Father, I pray that you would love those that need to be loved tonight. And Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are here in our midst. Because you are God. You are King. You are wonderful. And so, Father, we pray tonight, Lord, that you would move by your Spirit. Move by your Spirit, Lord. Move and bring freedom and release. In Jesus' name. And guys, I ask you to come around and pray for these guys to continue praying for them. I just want to pray all of you or a verse that always not recently come to mind for this is but Isaiah 43 verse 1 says but now the Lord says he who created each one of you he who has formed you fear not for I have redeemed you I've made you anew I've called you by the name and you are mine you are his <laughs>